0: Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode, simply titled, Thanksgiving. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. In our previous episode titled, Predicted Apostasy, or, not so much, part two, posted November 22nd, we finished our examination of a document published by the Cultural Research Center at the Arizona Christian University. This research was conducted by Dr. George Barna, Director of Research, Cultural Research Center. The tagline gives us some understanding of what this research examination was about. The tagline reads American Christians are redefining the faith adherence creating new world views loosely tied to biblical teaching We should note that global events combined with coronavirus or covid-19 are all playing a role in this truly being the last days before our ascension to heaven and what new things God has for us in a new time. Instead of trying to fight things as they are, we should be using this time to better place ourselves for the rapture of Christ on the clouds. The document of reference in our last two episodes says this will not be easy. What it points out in America is clearly happening elsewhere in the world. If you remember, we read American Christianity is undergoing a post-Christian reformation with the nation's major Christian groups rapidly replacing traditional theological beliefs with the culture's secular values. This week is Sunday of the American Thanksgiving holiday. Regardless of the timing, I think it is important in these times to look outside ourselves and personal situations to see what we can be thankful for, even in a pandemic. In these times, being thankful is understandably very difficult for us to do. Nonetheless, It should not stop us from trying. For despite this ugly pandemic, there must be something, even if only one thing, that we can be thankful for having in such a time as this. Also, please note, some of this examination will be hard to listen to, especially if you have lost a loved one to this dreadful disease. This week, we will look at and examine a couple scriptures that tell us to be thankful or to exercise thanksgiving. Let us start looking because even in a pandemic there is a reason for thanksgiving to God. To see just what that may be, let us look at scripture. Two passages jump out of the Bible among many in these very difficult times. However, We will look at two, one Old Testament and one New Testament. The Bible reads, I trust God. I am not afraid. What can mortals do to me? I am bound by my vows to you, O God. I will keep my vows by offering songs of thanksgiving to you. Psalms 56 verses 11 through 12. Your prayer of thanksgiving may be very good, but it doesn't help other people grow. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 17, and both verses are from God's Word translation. That verse in 1 Corinthians does not sound at all that cheery. In fact, it sounds rather accusatory of people giving thanksgiving. What's up with that? Let us dig in and find out, starting in Psalm 56. Commentary for Psalm 56 verse 11 reads, David comforts himself in his distress and fear that God noticed all his grievances and all his griefs. God has a bottle and a book for his people's tears, both the tears for their sins and those for their afflictions. He observes them with tender concern. Every true believer may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and then I will not fear what man shall do unto me, for man has no power but what is given him from above. Thy vows are upon me, O Lord, not as a burden, but as that by which I am known to be thy servant as a bridle that restrains me from what would be hurtful, and directs me in the way of my duty. And vows of thankfulness properly accompany prayers for mercy. If God deliver us from sin, either from doing it or by His pardoning mercy, He has delivered our souls from death, which is the wages of sin. If His grace has delivered our souls from the death of sin, He will bring us to heaven to walk before Him, for even in light. From Matthew Henry's Concise Commentary on the Whole Bible. Commentary also reads, In God I have put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. The same with flesh in Psalm 56 verse 4, and is opposed to God, in whom he trusted, and it suggests that he was not, and would not, be afraid of the greatest of men, as well as of the meanest, from the New John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible. Coronavirus, or COVID-19, is an object of man's doing. It is also so vicious and unnerving in its taking down of anyone, anywhere, anytime. So in light of this verse, what is it we fear? The disease or the people who can perpetrate such things? Our fear in the disease is properly founded as no one truly wants to die. However, do we even for one minute feel we are well enough with God so we could die with His peace in our heart? Yes, that is hard. It is also the place we presently live in until a vaccine can be properly distributed so those of us who remain can once again live a more normal life as we once enjoyed. However, how can we find any solace and confidence in Scripture if we have lost a loved one? There is no doubt that this is very difficult. While not to the pandemic, I have still lost loved ones. All of my grandparents, both my parents, as well as uncles, aunts, and even friends have passed away. I know all too well how hard it is to lose someone you love, regardless as to what means they died. I grew up in the Vietnam War era. I am not taking anyone's feelings for granted in this study. This is why there is such a quandary over the way out of the emotional state this cruel virus has created in the world. Now notice what Psalm fifty six verse eleven said. We read I trust God, period. I am not afraid. Period. What can mortals do to me? According to what David said here, if I trust God, I have no reason to be afraid. In that state of being, David asks, What can mortals do to me? Can people invent a virus, coronavirus, for example, that causes me to lessen or even break my trust in God? Or, who can cause me to fear? It would seem that if I trust God, I am therefore not afraid. At the very least, I should not be afraid. While this may be the desired end result, It is not always how it works in mankind. Many people who trust God are not always fearless as David in Psalm 56, verse 11, so matter-of-factly and definitively states. Now, verse 12. On me, O God, are your vows I will render to you thank-offerings. From Psalm 56. Verse 12, from Green's Literal Translation. Thy vows are upon me, O God, which he had made to him in the time of his distress and trouble and which he looked upon himself under obligation to perform. They were debts upon him he ought to pay off. They were with him. They were fresh in his mind and memory. He had not forgot them, which is often the case when trouble is over and he found his heart inclined to make them good. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible. This is noteworthy. Notice this comment we just read. Thy vows are upon me, O God, which he had made to him, in the time of his distress and trouble. This is not an unusual thing for any person to do. Many of us do this same thing when we find ourselves in distress and trouble, such as this present time in coronavirus. So the question raised here is a good one and worthy of special note. What vows or promises have you presently made to God? What is your track record to follow through with such a promise to God? Many people make promises in times of distress and trouble, of which they never follow through on when a more calm mind can be had for following through. If you have made any promises to God, or any person for that matter, you may want to write them down in a place where you can once again find them and follow through with keeping them. We should assume that any promise made in a state of fear and or distress is just as requiring of fulfillment as a promise made in a more clear, calm state of mind. We can sum this up with this commentary passage. It reads, Thy vows are upon me, O God, Whoever is conversant with the Psalms of David will find him frequently making vows, and careful in praying them. When these words dropped from him, he was just delivered out of a pressing danger among the Philistines, with whom he took shelter from the rage of King Saul, who unwearied pursued him. But he soon found that the remembrance of his past achievements to their damage, so fresh amongst them, and they so exasperated thereupon, that his life was in constant danger. In his distress, he flies to God, his wanted refuge, and sends up earnest addresses to him, vowing if he would open a way for his deliverance out of these new straits, he would show his grateful sense of so signal a mercy by the exactness and accuracy of his future obedience. God hears and succors him, and he thereupon grateful looks back, endeavors to renew the sense of his former obligation to his great deliverer, and to stir up himself by suitable returns, and so cries out, Thy vows are upon me, O God, as if he should say, I resolve, O Lord, not to forget what was transacted while I was under my fears. Thou hast heard my cries, and I own myself firmly bound by my vows. I was serious and in earnest when I made them, and I will endeavor to show that I was so by my care to perform them. Thy vows, O God, made indeed on my part, but justly to be exacted on thine, are upon me. They do in reality hold me fast, and I desire not to be released. From C. H. Spurgeon's Treasury of David C.H. Spurgeon, in the Treasury of David, makes this comment. Thy vows are upon me, O God. Vows made in his trouble he does not lightly forget, nor should we. We voluntarily made them. Let us cheerfully keep them. All professed Christians are men under vows, but especially those who in hours of dire distress have redetected themselves unto the Lord. How does that define us, his children, in this stressful time of a global pandemic? Moving on, let's examine the verse now from the New Testament. Your prayer of thanksgiving may be very good, but it doesn't help other people grow. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 17, from God's Word Translation What's up with that? Maybe commentary can help us here. It reads, There can be no assent to prayers that are not understood. A truly Christian minister will seek much more to do spiritual good To men's souls than to get the greatest applause to himself. This is proving himself the servant of Christ. Children are apt to be struck with novelty, but do not act like them. Christians should be like children, void of guile and malice, yet they should not be unskillful as to the word of righteousness, but only as to the arts of mischief. It is a proof that a people are forsaken of God when he gives them up to the rule of those who teach them to worship in another language. They can never be benefited by such teaching, yet thus the preachers did who delivered their instructions in an unknown tongue. Would it not make Christianity ridiculous to a heathen to hear the ministers pray or preach in a language which neither he nor the assembly understood? But if those who minister plainly interpret Scripture or preach the great truths and rules of the gospel, a heathen or unlearned person might become a convert to Christianity his conscience might be touched. The secrets of his heart might be revealed to him, and so he might be brought to confess his guilt and to own that God was present in the assembly. Scripture truth, plainly and duly taught, has a wonderful power to awaken the conscience and touch the heart. From Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the whole Bible. Maybe this passage will make it more simply clear. That is, even if you use a foreign language, you do it with the heart, and it is accepted by God as your offering, but the other, who cannot understand it, cannot be benefited by it. From Barnes' New Testament notes. So, in summary, what can we learn here in these desperate times? We who are older in Christ, who have been around in His salvation for a while, have elevated our knowledge of spiritual things such as the gifts of the Holy Spirit, of which is the speaking in tongues. Commentary clearly points out of what possible good does speaking in tongues in the presence of the unsaved do for them? I have seen it firsthand. It is never good. The unsaved are scared by such a thing as speaking in tongues. I am not discrediting the gift. No, not at all. However, it does seem that we are cautioned against such a thing when the unsaved are in our midst. That would make this particular gift, possibly others also, a personal gift, rather than the public gift it has been for many decades in the local church bodies I have attended. So, maybe, Barnes' New Testament Notes commentary makes better sense. I will read that again. That is, even if you use a foreign language, you do it with the heart and it is accepted by God as your offering, but the other, who cannot understand it, cannot be benefited by it. I would suggest that even in a pandemic, we find reasons to be thankful especially in a time where the presumed holiday spirit is thankfulness. If in private, we can do it in tongues if we prefer. If in a more public setting, we can be thankful in other expressive ways that benefit those we are gathered with and may influence them into the salvation of Christ. Is this not what we are trying to accomplish? So, in closing, we should strive to be witnesses of Christ. Whether we can speak in tongues of the Holy Spirit is not relevant to the unsaved. That is where this issue really sets. So my thoughts to you are, find a way to use existing technology available to you to use as a means of witnessing to others. If you are in lower-income situations, you do not have as much access to technologies as others do. Then find other practical ways to help. Why? Because there are many people who are really hurting and have no idea where their next meal is coming from and little, if any, hope of a job coming their way anytime soon. If you are presently employed, you were able to shop for your Thanksgiving to get what you want for the holiday. Then you are blessed and have something to be thankful for this Thanksgiving. In my final notes, I would like to say Happy Thanksgiving to all of you who have celebrated it in some form or another. May you all be safe and blessed of God. The next three weeks, we will do our Christmas series. On December 29th, we will do our annual wrap-up and publicly set some of our new goals for the new year. Play or download next week's episode, simply titled, God Speaks by His Son, A Direct Communication from Him, Part 1, from one of our podcast hosts, or Follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. We greatly appreciate our audience. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. We are very pleased to serve a diverse international audience. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome, and God bless you. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God, as well as receiving Him, as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. Site 123.me. Our mobile, tablet, and desktop compliant website has more information, links to all our podcast platforms, and more. Find direct links to all our platforms under the podcast menu item. We are found on podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts or Spotify, to name a few. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh, East Coast Time, USA. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast RSS feed platforms. Find us on a preferred platform to follow us as we continue to grow. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.